For all of you who listen to Mackie Second Floor Studios Presents Submersion and own an Android device, do me a favor. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I use the app, and I love it. I can search for the podcasts I want to listen to, select them as favorites, and have them all just a click away. Make sure to set Mackie's Second Floor Studios as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. All right, episode 22. Woo! It should have been episode 10, because hands have 10 fingers. Ooh. There you go. (laughs) That's one way to do it. (laughs) It is. Just connections in my mind. Whatever words connect to. So, Brown, you got a cat with you tonight, huh? Yeah, we do. Little crackers. Does crackers make a noise? Uh, she might. I'd have to have food handy, though. No, we don't want it. We don't necessarily want the okay. cat to make noises the whole time. Or if you but, could do uh, it on command, like, can you squeeze her and make a noise? Uh, I don't, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> probably, probably best not to do that on a recorded line. And she's just sleeping right now, so we're just going to oh. leave her be. That's cute. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So how's everyone's weeks, weekends, whatever? How were they? They've been good. I uh, I went fishing this last weekend. Oh, yeah. And we caught some fish. I broke my fishing rod while casting. Because you're so Ooh. strong. Because you have big muscles. I guess. Probably. I think it's also because it was extremely old. But I cast it once. I heard this crack. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I cast it another time and just snapped in half. Really? Didn't even, you didn't even have a fish on or anything? No. Just, just casting. Mm. Yeah. That's no And was good. this on the new boat? Not your boat, but yes, on the new boat of one of our friends. Yes. Wow. Was it? Is it a good boat? It didn't sink. What's the name? He didn't have a name on it yet. That is absurd. It needs a name. Classy, Every boat classy needs and a name. sophisticated. Got to be classy and sophisticated. <laughs> so what was a hop on hop on my dinghy? Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah, that's it. Um, so we got to got to think of something in line with that for the new boat. All right. I guess ultimately it's not up to us, but we could really push it on him. Yeah, you could just call it penis joke. That's kind of, I mean, maybe on the nose. <laughs> That's what you're getting at. Yeah. How about you guys? What did you guys get into? Uh, I got living it up in a new house. So I'm like mowing lawns, doing errands. Wow. Unpacking things. It's all crazy. Yeah. When you move, you got a lot of shit to do and you feel like an adult. And sometimes that makes you feel real anxious about your life. Yes, it does. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I got responsibilities. Yeah. I don't even have a kid. Yeah. I just got a house. I know. I got to cut my grass like three or four times a week. How fertilized it is. It grows like nuts. It's like your child. Yeah. You're like, oh, it just grows up so fast. I got to cut it again. <laughs> just like with, just like your kids. <laughs> yeah. You got to cut them down to size. Yeah. Because they're growing uh, up too fast. How about you, bro? Well, we had the royal wedding, of course. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, funniest thing with that, my buddy sent me a link um, to an eBay auction for a gift bag from like the the attendees would get a gift bag for attending a wedding, you know, a little gift for going. Had like a bottle of water and some trinkets that were, you know, monogrammed with uh, their their initials. And uh, I just tried pulling it up to see if the, the auction was still going. There was five days on it when I looked at it yesterday. Guess what it was up to, this gift bag? Just a gift bag. It's a gift bag with again some monogram stuff in it. There's like a there's like a tumbler mug and a um, bottle of water with their insignia on it and stuff like that in it. 
I'd say $75,000. See, wow. I was going to even go under, and I felt like I was going to go high, because I was going to say $20,000. It's It was at 27000 and it has since been removed, wow. so I don't know if they got Price is right, copyright baby. struck or something like that. Weird. It's yeah. a free gift. Yeah. Well, it was funny. I told my coworker uh, about it, and like, guess how much it was? And he's like, oh, since you're asking me, it's probably something outlandish, so I'm going to have to say $200. What? <laughs> I dropped two hundred dollars for that. Yeah, I think I would too. Honestly, uh, did you hear what the uh, the French president gave Prince Harry as like a wedding gift? Uh, uh-uh. no. So it's like the, the French president's like this young guy, Macron. We had him in the news because he was talking submarines in Australia. Yeah, but apparently, and I don't know if this was turned out to be fake news or whatever, but like apparently he gave him a uh, James Bond themed lighter, and like Prince Harry doesn't smoke, and it just like sounded really kind of cheesy and weird it's awesome. something to give you <laughs> it'd be like oh you're american here's like a i don't know like a cheeseburger shaped lighter and you'd be like uh thanks i don't know what i'm supposed to do with this i but guess put I it on my shelf it. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed like such a crazy thing for a president to be like here you go well i guess when you get to that level like what do you give i don't know something classy and sophisticated <laughs> Yeah, like a James Bond-themed lighter. Or That's a boat awesome. named Jump on My Dinghy. Uh, uh, James Bond-themed boat. There we go. Ooh. Named Hop on My Dinghy. Cool. <laughs> uh, double penetration. Oh, we got to dive in deep dive into this That's the one. wrong noise. Oh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> what have I done? Dive, dive, dive. <laughs> I was wondering why I didn't know what was going on. All right, you guys only have two <laughs> minutes to review the rest of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That's all we really need for this movie. Probably. But we'll take longer. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. <laughs> so, Brom, what did we watch? Uh, well, we watched a classic from uh, William H. Macy and Scott Kahn. In enemy hands. Yep. Scott Kahn, famously James Kahn's James Kahn's son. We saw James Kahn in Submarine X One. Uh, he was the main character of that. I talked about him as being kind of mumbly subdued. And like father, like son, Scott Kahn walks in and he basically just like, when are we gonna go in this thing? Like the whole film. I was like, wait, yeah. you're supposed to be our main character. <laughs> Turned out he really wasn't. It was right. William H. Macy's. But he was the captain. He was the captain. Which I wasn't really Necessarily sure because it's kind of odd when it did seem like not a, yeah, the main guy. It seemed yeah, and from the beginning it was it seemed a little confusing. So you know, anyways, uh, you know he's and just to, to jump in again, this is probably a huge episode for everyone who's a huge Hawaii Five O fan because they're probably clamoring for anything and everything Scott Con. And Who so isn't? you're welcome. Um, but so to get into it, the film starts with a bunch of footage being shown. And this is kind of a running uh, theme of the movie, uh, footage that is not their own that they are showing. Um, just in yes. this case, it's newsreels. Uh, later on, it's just fi- 
feature uh, footage from other films <laughs> that had submarines in it. So they at didn't this have point, to it feels it. appropriate. Yeah, right now it feels okay. And you're like, oh, maybe this is a real movie. You'd be wrong. <laughs> it's not actually a film. It is something cobbled together from other films. Right. Uh, and so they have a bunch of newsreels and basically a voiceover comes in and is like, the uh, the Nazis are have like owned the North Atlantic uh, for the last bunch of years of World War II, they had they had developed they had uh, made like two a week, two submarines a week uh, for years, and had like hundreds and hundreds of U-boats out there, and they'd hunt around in wolf packs, what they called wolf packs, and take out any and all ships. And then in 1943, Roosevelt and Winston Churchill were like, no more, and vowed that they would vanquish the U-boats, and a bunch of new technology allowed them to be able to start doing this. And what was known as Black May. Black May a huge number of these submarines were sunk and it started kind of part of the uh, heading towards the end of the war. And so that's kind of where we're framed. We're framed nearing the end of World War II mm-hmm. and the Germany's kind of on the way down while the, the US and the Allies are kind of taking over uh, the Atlantic in the end. Yep. And so then we get Scott Kahn. Enter Scott Kahn. Just sitting in his chair. Lean back, doesn't really look like he gives a shit, but he's talking to somebody and they're Looking like- Lean and mean, got those muscles. Yep. I'm like, whew, Scott Kahn, am I right? Yeah. And then he's talking to this commander, this admiral, um, and it's like, basically like, oh, I'm going on my trip and oh, who's your chief of boat? And he's like, oh, it's uh, uh, Nathan Travers, Travers, which was a William H. Macy's character. Mm-hmm. So he's basically like, William H. Macy's my chief of boat. And the guy's like, oh yeah, he's a good guy. Like you should be able to learn something from yeah. him. Yeah. Smash if, cut. If you want to, is <laughs> yeah. what he said. Uh, smash cut. Well, not yet. Over to Travers, who is talking to his wife. And they have this really kind of odd conversation mm-hmm. where he's like, just packing up my things, ready to go out to sea. And she's like, I'm going to miss you so dearly. And he's like, I'm going to miss you too. She's like, promise me you'll come back. And he's like, oh, I'll promise. And she's like, seriously, fucking promise me you'll come <laughs> <Yeah>. back. <laughs> and he's like, uh, all right. I guarantee you I'll come back 100%, I guess. Yeah. What a weird conversation I'm having right now with my wife. And his, his wife is Lauren Holly. Lauren Holly, as we know from- in Down Periscope. Down Periscope. And William H. Macy was in Down Periscope. So yes. this is either a prequel or a sequel. I guess it's a, probably a sequel where they then went back in time after getting married and saved the world by winning World War II. Sounds about right. Yeah. I think that's the, the most obvious and probable thing that's occurring in this situation. Yes. And so um, that, that's when we, we smash cut over to them on the boat. Which- <laughs> This is they do this so many times in the yeah. movie. It's just funny to me because they're like, boom, uh, I don't know, X amount of miles off the coast. Two months later, yeah, and then as if the miles are supposed to tell us something too. Like later on, they're like they'll have something where it'd be like four hundred miles off the coast, and it's like I don't. What am I supposed to? There's no reference for this. <laughs> it's just supposed to be like tell me how much time has gone by. Right. Like I don't even know what why you're telling me where we are. We're in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, that means nothing to me. And then we finally we always see our. I don't know what you call these guys, but we see a group of Nazis on the U-429. Yeah, so U-429. And they're getting depth charged immediately. Yeah, they're getting depth charged uh, like crazy. And this is they kind of are getting depth charged, and then all of a sudden they aren't. And they're like, huh, like I wonder, are they gone, you think? And like, well, we'll check it out. Up to Periscope. And they go up to Periscope, and they see the destroyer up there, and they're like, let's take it out. Mm -hmm. And so they destroy the destroyer. And that's kind of our little introduction to the U-boat. It was weird how they just stopped. It was also funny because there was like this very pronounced scene where somebody hits their head, and they're like, Heinrich! 
Yeah, and then Heinrich stuff. dies. <laughs> yeah, like probably like twenty minutes later. Yeah, twenty minutes later, they're like Heinrich died. He he's come to his wounds. Like, <laughs> he never woke up. We couldn't he? stop the internal bleeding. It's like okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we also see Travers on board uh, with the captain, and they're doing drill after drill after drill. They're kind of like drill master uh, general, kind of like we've seen in other films, One Silent Run Deep, along with other ones, where they're just like drilling, drilling, drilling. But it, they also, you know, start out where you don't think it's a drill because we just saw right, the U-boat. Again, yeah. But us being seasoned sub-movie watchers, you can immediately tell us a drill. It's just obvious. There's yeah, nothing kind of going like, on. No, there's no way you jump straight into something like that. You got to be – there has to be some context to it. They right. So rarely just jump right into someone, you know, evading capture or uh, uh, another submarine or something yeah. like that. And Captain Khan is – Piss. He's real pissed because uh, is this is where the times are like going up, right? Yep. They've been getting slower and slower. Everyone's becoming a little lackadaisical, and the mood just isn't very good. And you get a scene of some of the crew kind of being like, you know, we're what are we doing out here? Like, we just seem to do this thing. Like, why are we drilling so much? Blah blah. blah. Like, can't he just tell us it's a drill? Otherwise, oh, I'm shitting my pants the whole time. Like, that's the point. Like, you, you got to be able to do it in your sleep, and we got to get these times down. Mm-hmm. And we also get a little scene of the XO not looking so hot because he's got a little meningitis. Well, we don't um, know that yet. We don't know that yet, although eventually everyone seems to know what it is. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. funny. Um, and then all of a sudden, it just cuts back over to the U-boat, yep. and they're like, hey, we just got transmission. The Allies bombed this German city and blew up a school. And your kid died. Yeah. To the the submarine captain. And he essentially at this point, unbeknownst to the viewer or most anyone, he has like a mental break at this point. Yes. Because he'll he'll explain it later, but like he kind of disconnects from the war. He's like, I'm done with this shit. I don't want to kill anyone else. I lost my daughter. I don't know. Is, is it implied that he lost all of his daughters? I can't. I actually don't know. Well, they just said the one. But yeah. He did yeah. say later he had three daughters. He had three daughters. I never and, clarified. Yeah. I wasn't sure whether they were all in the same school that got destroyed. And it was just like, oh, that's where his daughter was. Yeah. Or, but it's all his daughters. Anyways, uh, he kind of ha- decides at that point, like, he doesn't want to kill anymore. He doesn't want to kill anyone. Mm-hmm. And so we jump back over to the swordfish. And uh, they hear a little music playing from a U-boat. Uh, and yes. they're like, oh, like gangbusters, like we can take this thing out. We're ready to do it. Like finally we're going to get our dicks wet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he pulls out his dick, obviously. As Scott Kahn? Scott Kahn, yeah. We see a little rash on it. That's how we know he has meningitis at that point. Yeah. Like you got to see a little rash, rash on his dick and you're like, huh, weird. But they're ready. They're ready for combat. Yep. And William H. Macy comes up. He's like, hey. XO can't be here. You know, he's not he's feeling well. Khan's like, you know what? If he's breathing, I want him standing at his yeah. post. And so they bring him out They'll there. They'll live for too much longer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they tor- torpedo the U-boat. Great. Uh, the XO collapses and dies. Not as great. Not ideal, probably. Right. To have your XO die right there in front of you during a drill. And it seemed pretty, like, nonchalant. They're just like, oh, he's dead. And they're like, oh, all right. Yeah. It's also weird. It's almost like when the guy collapsed during the drill in Steel Sharks and had appendicitis, where it was like, huh, they probably would have thought everyone on that boat would have been like, what a weird coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he collapsed, not from anything that happened during this like, attack on a U-boat, yeah. but just he just collapsed and died. Hmm. How weird. And so anyways, uh, they take a torpedo from the U-boat. Uh, as well, it explodes nearby and they become compromised. The, the boat's compromised. So they have to abandon ship. And so, again, because they don't have any money and they're cobbling this together from other films, 
this just uh, smash cuts to a scene of him dancing with his wife during Thanksgiving. William H. Mason. Yeah, yeah. where he's like, I sure do good. I do good holiday. And then- This is one of those surprise holiday movies you were talking about. I know. Well, it's the one scene where it's Thanksgiving time. And he's like, I'm pretty good at Thanksgiving. And just wait till you see Christmas. And then it jumps right back to him, them all nude, having been taken prisoner on the U-boat. But he does rescue Khan. Khan was going to go down with the boat. Right, yeah, yeah. But then he hits his head and he's drowning. And William H. Macy grabs him. He's like, nope, no you're coming with it. us. Yeah. <laughs> not not cool to do. You, you, want, you should let him go down on the ship? Yeah. Even, I mean, in the end- said that later. Well, in the end, because he apparently dies, although they aren't particularly clear about this, uh, because he dies, like probably that would have been easier mm-hmm. than bringing a guy who- is obviously infected with meningitis onto the boat. He, I mean, he kind of. But then he helps. He's he's a weapon in biological warfare at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in the end, so maybe it was <laughs> good they brought him. <laughs> William H Macy is the reason why everyone gets meningitis because <laughs> he brings a, a guy who's basically dying of meningitis on board, and then like a bunch of people die from it. Yeah. So, anyways, they are taking onto this boat. It's not protocol, so they were supposed to only take the the captain and the chief of boat. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, onto the ship. Which onto, we don't find out till much later. Right. But they weren't supposed to bring all of the uh, people on. And a bunch of the crew member of the U-boat are not particularly happy about this. So like, what are we doing? This is dangerous. We can't have so many Americans on our ship. Right. Um, but like, it's only supposed to be a week until... Because they're also worried about food running out. Yeah, they're worried about food. But the captain says, we're going to resupply. We're meeting up with these guys in a week. At that point, we're going to get more food and we're going to switch these guys Get rid of them, and then we'll go back to business as usual. Yeah, and then we kind of piddle around for a while. Um, most of the, most of the rest, of, most of this section of the movie is spent showing people starting to get meningitis, and and, and slowly realizing. everybody realizes that they've got it. Yeah, and it's funny because at first uh, William H Macy's like, "Oh, I'm not sure what we have," and then later he's like. Uh, it's probably meningitis. <laughs> like they kind of told me that uh, he someone had meningitis, so yeah, that's probably what it is. It's like, oh, is there a cure? And it's like, no, most people just kind of die. Mm-hmm. And they have a really funny death scene at this point where one of the guys has meningitis, and he's like, "Tell my wife that I died like quickly, and there was no pain." And they're like, "Okay," and he's like, "Oh." And he dies. And you're like, wait, that what? <laughs> you, just, you, just died. <laughs> you just died right there? Like, right when he just said, like, to say something? Like, yeah. that seems crazy. You were literally <laughs> just talking to me. <laughs> right. just stop. Yeah, I would have been like, wait, is he dead? Oh, my God. Wait, what? <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. But then all of a sudden, the U-boat sees an American destroyer yeah. coming around. Apparently, this was the same destroyer that they saw at the end, but oh, the I USS don't Logan? believe it. Yeah, that's what that's what the things online said. I, I don't know synopses online. I was like, huh. I don't. That doesn't. I don't buy that. But whatever. Been weird for them to meet up with that random boat twice. I think so. But uh, so they decide to. Oh, time for us to pull out our dicks, ready to take down the ship, and they start to get re- get everything ready to launch torpedoes. And the Americans are like, we can't let this happen. William H Macy's basically like, I'm gonna use my strong muscles because you know William H Macy. He's like super buff, like right. he's got those rippling muscles and that's the what abs you think and of. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's when I think William H Macy. I think uh, rock hard abs mm-hmm. usually. Um, and they use a very similar move here to what we saw just four years prior in U571. U571, yeah. When that Nazi like just does the leg grab around the neck because he's handcuffed to a pipe also. Yeah. I think a they lot do of- the same thing here. Yeah, I think a lot of 
plot points in this film are taken from other films, uh, mm-hmm. along with footage. <laughs> yes. Because there was a scene where they showed, when they were on the American submarine, where they were like cruising along, where they showed the submarine cruising along, and I I swear to God, you can see Kelsey Grammer on the bridge of the submarine. <laughs> like, it's no joke. It is the scene from Down Periscope. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so they, they kind of take out the Germans real quick. They stop the uh, torpedoes from being launched. Or they launch them um, prematurely, so without yeah. being aimed or whatever. So it just blows up in the middle of the ocean. Then the Logan's like, well, and it what the, the Logan, hell yeah. was that? Yeah. And it starts to depth charge U4, the U-429. And what what even happens? How does how do they get away from that? They just kind of get depth charged a little bit. They they have to go underwater and they're submerged for a very long time. Oh, that's right. Which yeah, in yeah, these yeah. older boats you really can't. Right, so right. Kinda... Yeah. So they have like the the emergency uh, evacuation bags on. So there's the, the bread the breathing apparatus apparatus where you breathe into it and it exchanges some of the CO two out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they can breathe a little bit, but they aren't going to be able to survive very long. And yeah. eventually they're like, we got to go up. Like we just can't. We can't see yes. them. But before that, um, <laughs> William H. Macy starts talking to his wife. Uh, a spooky g- g- ghost wife shows up. Yes. Uh, he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to make it. And he's hallucinating probably because he has no oxygen to his brain cells. Yeah. But he's like, oh, my God. And then he starts talking to her. And she's like, again, she's like, you better fucking come back to me. <laughs> and he's like, Jeez, okay. he's like, oh, Jesus, ghost, g- g- ghost wife. Okay, fine. Like, I'll definitely <laughs> like try my hardest or whatever. And he's like, no, trying. There is no try. Like, yeah. there is only do. And he's like, okay, okay, fine. I'm coming home then. I'll do it. No matter what it takes. Then <laughs> <laughs> the Nazis yeah. are like, all right, time to surface because yeah. we're either going to die down here or we're going to die up there. Might as well try to go up top. Yeah. And there's nobody around. Yeah. So they're pretty happy about this. Uh, what they're not happy about is the fact that they've lost half their crew to uh, Menendez. <laughs> yes. Not, not, I don't think this is going to be such idea. a prominent thing in the movie. No, it's a huge thing. It is. Because then they, while they're up, they kind of dispose of all the bodies. They get rid of all these guys and they've lost eight or nine people, I think. I guess with Heinrich. Heinrich! Yeah. I guess with him gone, it's probably a ni- total of nine people are lost from the crew. And they're like, well, we can't get back to anywhere and they, they don't see their supply boat either so it's like yep. they're shit out of luck like they don't have any supplies they don't have anything they don't have really a capability of getting home because they don't have the diesel to to get home they only have enough diesel to go to one place and where's that the usa good old us of a north so carolina Coast. captain is like hey will your boys work with me and they're like, I don't know. I'm not sure I can handle it. And then they're like, well, what about a montage? And it's like, yeah. working with the enemy. Da, 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 working da. with the enemy. And they like serve in coffee. And at one point, they're like, get out of here. I don't want your coffee. Yeah. And then it comes back later. And the guy's like, start drinking the coffee without thinking about it. And he's like, oh, man, I just took the coffee from the American. And it tastes pretty damn good. Yeah. And then like, there's these two kind of identical people working in the engine room, Ox and like another person. They're like, yes. we hate each other. We definitely don't like it. And then they like pull a rant, pull like a knob and they're like, I didn't like that you pulled that knob. And then he tries to pull another knob and the other guy comes along and helps him. And he looks over and goes, oh, thanks. And like nods to him. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is happening and then right now? Instantly, <laughs> just like this bond. It's really weird. It's like uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to think about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rare to see a World War II film where um, it's like Americans and Nazis working together. Good for them. Yeah. Good for Nazis. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was even like joking. Just thinking in my mind earlier, I was like, oh, in enemy hands. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if 
enemies become friends and friends become enemies. It's like, uh, that's exactly what happens. That's exactly what happened. It'd be almost like if we made a joke script where it's, <laughs> yeah. where it's like you randomly throughout, you're like, wait a second. I'm not sure what the message is here. Like, right. What a weird thing. They're Wait, are the Nazis the good guys? What is the script? <laughs> yeah. But some people are not happy with the Nazi captain's no, no. order to work and with the Americans. Thank God we finally get some of our true blue things. First of all, we have already seen a little bit of fire. Uh, actually, that may be coming up even. That may mm-hmm. uh, that might be a little bit later even. Oh yeah, that's right. Because the guy in the engine room gets his like arm caught on fire, and the other like the, <laughs> yeah. the Nazi guy comes over and helps him. Yeah, <laughs> just another one of those things. Yeah, caught my arm on fire, but the Nazis saved me. Best friend forever. Yeah. Best friend forever. They even got a little necklace where you know it's like two broken halves of hearts, and when they meet up, they put them together and they like, touch. Uh. uh, so yeah, so there's a few of them that aren't particularly happy, and they're planning mutiny time. They're yes, like, time they are. to mutiny. And they do a pretty elaborate mutiny, almost to the point where it was incomprehensible to actually know what was happening. Because there were just people yes. like kind of beating up other people. So one of the things that one of the guys wants to do is he wants to launch a, a torpedo. They want to launch a torpedo like kind of in the tube and sink the ship. That's that's one of yeah. the aims of it. But so if they, that doesn't work, they've right. got a backup plan. So the first – no, well, no, no. The first thing they do is a distraction for that. So they attack down in the engine room yeah. and they kind of like beat up the one guy. So everyone races down that way. Mm-hmm. And then while everyone's distracted, another guy comes up, pistol whips the captain, and then goes up to the torpedo, which has been – Loaded, right? Was it loaded? Yeah, well, he had the he had the torpedo man at gunpoint. Oh, that's right. Like, you need to load this. Yeah, loaded it Don't up, you yeah. call the captain? Yeah, it's got a fire. We're in. Oh, that's right. Battle. And they were like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And they put it in, and then they uh, he sets it to load. Like it's it's actually armed, so it's mm-hmm. going to explode if they don't like launch it away. Yeah. And so then the captain comes comes back there, and they get in a scuffle. William H Macy's able to just get the torpedo off at the last moment. Yes. And in in the meanwhile, the guy who's doing the mutiny stabs the captain in the back. In the back. Tell me that's not symbolism. Killing him. And so like then the torpedo goes out and just explodes and kind of does like some damage to the ship. Uh, But they don't die. And then in his dying breath, the captain goes, you're my captain now and reaches up and slowly pulls out the dick of his XO, I guess, or chief of boat or whoever. His XO. Ludwig. He's like, oh, here. And he cradles his little dick in his hand and goes, now it's a captain dick. And he goes, thank you. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) That is what happened in this film I saw with my own eyes. Yeah. Yep. Um, And so anyways, they're like, okay, what do we do? I'm the captain now. Um, And he goes, okay, well, we just got to keep on, keep on going. And, And so- during this whole scuffle, though, one of the guys was able to get on the radio and send out a, some kind of signal. They don't know what it is. It's mm-hmm. so like, we may be screwed. We don't know. We just got to keep on going. And as they go, they find a U.S. ship. Like, we got a decision to make. Like, do we try to contact this U.S. ship? They originally were just going to get to the coast, get in lifeboats and kind of scuttle, scuttle the, the boat. Yeah. Scuttle the boat. And so they try to contact the U.S. ship and they're able to do it, but they start to get interference. Oh, why do they have interference? Radar jam. And the German guy- it's not radar, it's radio. Yeah, radio jam. Dang it. Radio jam with Kyle. (laughs) And um, they, uh, the German guy comes over and goes, I I would know that radio jam anywhere. That jam is from one of the new U-boats. U-1221. Yes. They did a good job at, you know, letting us know the boats and ships we were looking at. Yeah, they had a lot of words on the screen (laughs) to let us know of these things. It was always so funny because they'd be like, fast forward two days, fast forward three days. Yeah. Like, what? Two days later. And this shows like a bunch of people people dead from meningitis. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
And so uh, they're, they kind of, they only have one torpedo left. And so they kind of maneuver around. They're able to just avoid a torpedo. Then they turn around and like, it's our only shot. And they set off this torpedo and it just bounces off. And like, damn, it was a dud. Yeah. Like, because guess- this U-boat was called in to sink them. Yeah. Because that signal turns out went out and said that there are traders in the area yeah. and you need to sink that boat. Yeah. And Did so you notice here a guy also when a torpedo is in the water. He said eel in the water. Yeah, eel in the water. It's like, what the he, hell? Granted, though, eel is a type of fish. It is. So. But they didn't say fish in the water. They didn't say fish in the water, but they said a, a fish in the water, kind of. Did you know kind that of. that uh, American uh, radar guy who was making those call outs was Mimi Siku from uh, Jungle to Jungle? Wait, all, like all the- grown up. The, the kid? Yeah. The Tim Allen movie? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. The radio, <laughs> which radio guy? The American radio guy. Oh, oh, you're talking about uh, the guy who played like Jimmy Olsen from Superman? <laughs> no. Uh, no, he's um, like the, he's the kid who's like the, in some indigenous tribe and somehow- I know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to place something. him in this film though. I, got, I don't know which character yeah. you're talking about. I think he was, there was also the Ian Summerholder who was from Lost. Uh, oh, okay. Kind of thing, yeah. Anyways, uh, so they, they're like, oh, I guess we're dead now. This U-boat's going to kill us. And then the boat f- with footage straight from- uh, enemy below from like the 1950s mm-hmm. shoots off its guns and destroys the boat for them because it hears the torpedo bounce off and they're like oops sonar ping blow yeah. that up and so then uh there's a torpedo coming at them which which explodes and kind of rocks them around a little bit but doesn't do enough to doesn't damage do enough them. damage it, but it, it kind of like they don't they don't necessarily wouldn't necessarily know that um but there's like a, some water coming in there's some fire all that stuff and then because the jam's gone the radio jam's gone they're able to get back in contact with the U.S. boat, your ship. And the U.S. ship is like, great. We'd love to have you back in the force. Like, just one thing. You better get that Enigma machine. And he had made a promise to the German captain that they would not take anything from the boat or the boat. They're not going to let the materials get into the hands of the U.S. It's only the lives of the people on board that there is like the most important. Ooh, We're right here. It's we perfect. Are. We're getting there. And uh, he, in the end, is like, promises are promises. And it's like, guys, don't you see that the ship is sinking? Wink, wink, big ol' wink, wink. And there's this, like, cheesy music playing. Yeah. It's like, look at the crack in the side. Don't you all see it? It's a crack in the side. And I was like, so, wait, I'm, am I supposed to be rooting for him not giving over the Enigma machine that is powering yeah. the, the Nazi Navy uh, to the Americans? I'm confused. (laughs) Am I supposed to be happy that he's not doing this? I I don't understand. Like, just take the fucking Enigma machine. (laughs) Yeah, just do it. And save everyone's life. Like, that's that's fine. It's not not that big of a deal. But they don't do it. They don't. He's like, oh, whoops, that transmission broke up. Sorry. We'll see you in a few minutes. And they scuttle the boat, hop on some lifeboats. And then he's... He wants everyone, all the Germans, to to not be in too bad of hands. Like the idea would be them to go home once the war ends, stuff like that. And they want yeah. not to be in, you know, such bad conditions when they're in the POW. So he's been doing a lot of talking to people, but they're like, oh, we'll do the best we can. But and he goes and they're does, Nazis. So. Yeah. So we're not going to like let them free. You're not going to sleep over at your house in a big slumber party. He's yeah. like, dang. Come on. Them. We had all these good times on that boat. Yeah. Come over to my house. I'm going to my basement, have a tent all set up just like a sub- submarine. It's and like, then he takes his wife there to parade her around in front of the Nazis. Yeah. Saying, look at this. And the Nazis, are like, ass. And the Nazis are like, she's pretty hot. Yeah. That's what I, I know it. He's Do like, you have oh. these over in Germany? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Didn't think so. Yeah. 
He's like, oh, here's your cigarettes. Yeah, gives them some cigarettes. See ya. And then they, in the one of the weirdest, most out of focus shots, like overhead shot, was just like totally out of focus. They show him like kind of like putting his hand up to the fence as if they are like lovers visiting each other in pr- prison. And they're like, yep. I miss you so much. And then he leaves and that's the end of the movie. That's about it. In Enemy Hands, the greatest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it's got a really wow. good Rotten Tomatoes score. I just don't get it. Does it really? It's like an 80. No. No, that's, that's unbelievable. There's no way, right? It's got to be user, right? Yeah, I think so. That's what my coworker was saying today. We were talking about it a little bit. I'll I, look it, I, I'll look I, am, I am shocked by that. Oh, man. All right, Jamie. I'm starting it off. You're going first. Um, I will say sometimes context um, it determines what your score is going to be, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so like when I was watching Steel Sharks, I came into it thinking this movie is not an actual movie. It is a pile of garbage starring Gary Busey. And I was pleasantly surprised that it actually was a film and that they uh, that Gary Busey was um, fairly subdued and it was like seemingly quite normal given all everything that I expected. The mistake I made here is I came in thinking this is an actual film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not. It was a series of uh, low budget shots that they had gotten together and then they filled in the cracks with uh, other footage from other movies um, and newsreel footage and flashbacks and other things that made no sense. And it was uh, not good. I didn't enjoy it. I sometimes laughed at it. I mean, it was funny because how <laughs> ridiculous it was. I mean, that's that's a plus, I guess. I, I found it amusing at times mm-hmm. when they flashed over to uh, William H. Macy at Thanksgiving or when he talked to his when he talked to his uh, ghost wife, his ghost wife. Um, I found those things hilarious. Uh, but otherwise, this was a pile of shit. I give it a three. A three. Wow. Is it, you think low. that's too high? No, you think no. it's too low. Okay. I don't know. It's something. Uh, <laughs> it's a I'll number. go next. Brom, you will be the last one to Whoa. go today. So. The anchor bringing it home. Yeah. Uh, where do you even start with this movie? The beginning. Oh, oh you're talking about okay. for your review. Yeah, for okay. my review. It's not It's not limp it good. You say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I did think it was really odd, the dynamic where, you know, everybody's getting buddy-buddy with the Nazis. I Real did weird. think the montage was very hilarious. It's funny. Because I was like, <laughs> why is this even going on? And it there wasn't even really a sense of why in the hell all of a sudden the Nazi captain's like, hey, we just got to go to the U.S. Uh, we need your people to run this boat. Like, you didn't have a sense that they were running out of supplies, I guess, but I suppose they did miss that meetup. Some of the shots were very cheesy. It didn't, like, the lighting wasn't super great, I didn't nope. think. We just saw U571, which was four years before this movie yep. and infinitely, like, better produced. Yep. So, for this, I'm going to go ahead and <sighs> come in around a. Uh, Four and a half. Okay. Okay. I would also say not enough Scott Kahn. Just really juice that up with Scott Kahn and may have may have juiced yeah. up that score. Too. Maybe they shouldn't have killed him. No. Or if they did kill him, they should have come back as a ghost, like an actual Ooh. ghost. And then he was like ghost captain. And they were like, I can't like, be a captain. He's like, but I can. And he's like a ghost captain. He's like, go, 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 ghost. And like, oh man. And he pulls out his ghost dick and they're like, oh, okay. Now I feel more confident in this ghost as our captain. And it's like below. Yeah. Craziness. Anyways, all right, Brom. Um, 
Well, kind of speaking of Below, this kind of reminded me of Below in a lot of ways. Like it was, it was watchable at times. Like I liked the premise of it, but it was just really hokey and uh, campy. But uh, I did, I did just check check here. It is a Google user score of eighty two percent. Uh, I don't even understand that metric. I've never looked at a Google user score <laughs> before. So, so I got this new thing. I guess they're doing. You either you either thumbs up it or thumbs down it. And eighty two percent of people that have looked up this movie gave it a thumbs up. Uh, I will also mention it has a six out of ten in IMDb and a startling thirty five hundred votes for that. Wow, which is really high for this level of film. I'm actually surprised it has thirty five hundred votes. I'm not sure how that happened. Um, but a six out of 10 is not, not that bad. No. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good for that size of a film. Yeah. So. Well, I can't say anything that you guys haven't really already said. Um, it was, uh, I, I really liked the, the premise or idea behind it of, you know, working together to, uh, achieve a goal here. You know, this would be something that we haven't really seen. Uh, and our other sub films that we've watched where the, the Americans and the Nazis had to work together, but the execution was really poor. The acting was so stiff. Um, uh, Scott Kahn was just like a frat boy that they pulled out of college. It looked like, and threw him on the set and said, Hey, you're the captain of a submarine during world war two. He's like, bro, <laughs> come on. Totally. Scott Kahn. Uh, <laughs> and every time, every time Lauren Holly was on the, the screen, uh, they seemed like they were going overboard to make her uh, dialogue, you know, like something straight out of the 40s with, you know, that whole campy, oh, sweetie, I'll, I'll have dinner on the table when you get home kind of stuff. She was intense, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it was pretty intense. <laughs> He's like, you gotta say it. Say you'll come home. He's like, I'm in a, I'm in the Navy. <laughs> I might die. I'm sorry. <laughs> Guys, if I don't come home, my wife's gonna kill me anyway. <laughs> yeah. It was very over the top, but uh, I thought it was at least a watchable movie. Again, I liked the premise of it, and I didn't find myself wanting to fast forward through it. I just kind of was groaning at a lot of stuff. I'm gonna give it a five. Wow. All righty. I came in the lowest. I actually was expecting to come in the lowest for this guy. Yeah, it's to me, it's just not very good. A lot, a lot more meningitis than we've seen in yeah, probably any film I've ever watched ever. It's interesting because you could imagine this have just took a turn in the middle of it where it turned into a zombie film. Oh, that'd like be where it's crazy. like, oh, everyone's got meningitis. What is that? Oh, meningitis, meningitis, and then all of a sudden they're like, we got all these dead bodies on board, and then you just see one of the dead bodies like kind of lean up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, that's the enemy. That's the hands of the enemy they're talking about. Zombie hands. Yes. Zombie hands. All rights reserved. Or <laughs> the zombies all take over the boat, and then they have their own private freaking navy now. Yeah, and then- it's zombies versus everybody. And then the zombies come, and they're like, we don't have enough supplies to make it back to Zombie Island. Like, we got to work together. Yes. Like, well, as long as you don't eat our brains, we'll work with you. And like, okay, I promise. But, but then the zombies do eat them. And then all of a sudden, now you have the Nazis and the U.S. as a unified force, and they're all converging on Zombie Island. This is writing itself, guys. It sounds pretty amazing. We should just change this podcast to us writing the script every week. I'd, I'd dig it. Cool. Or the Limpet films. Yes. I was, that Limpet series. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible Mr. Limpet number five. Limpet's Revenge. Right. I think it would be Krusty's Revenge. Oh, when Krusty yeah. comes back to take revenge, or if Limpet is, you know, somehow ousted because freaking old Pickle is trying to, you know, figure him Stackle. out. Stackle, Stackle, or Phil, and Limpet <laughs> defects and starts combating the U.S. 
Krusty leads the charge. Anyways. <laughs> Should I get into some trivia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kind of break dive, up this, uh, dive, dive. this yeah. love fest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So this is another film where I had to scramble a bit to get some things. Because the IMDb trivia, while there, it did exist, um, I found it uh, wildly inaccurate. Uh, it yeah. is, it's funny as I have become more um, independent and started to like watch the credits very closely. I actually watch the credits often before I watch the film now to see what kind of like information I can glean from it. Hmm. And uh, it kind Kind of let me know that some of the uh, trivia that IMDb has is not true. It's not real. Anyways, <clears throat> are those just users just put it on there or something? Uh, yeah. So trivia is user based, and sometimes they'll say something that won't be totally correct. Like one of the things they said is that William H Macy, Lauren Holly, and the boat that portrayed the USS Stingray in Down Periscope, named the USS Swordfish, also portrayed the USS Swordfish in this film. That is not true. It's just that this film used the same footage as it was filmed for Down ah. Periscope. So it's not like they got no more footage with the same. So it's oh. kind of like a nuance there. Like they yeah. just, the, the fact is that they reused footage. It's not that the submarine was used again for this film. Right. Anyways, things like that where it's like, you heard this somewhere and got it slightly wrong. Yeah. And no one can correct it because no one corrects these kind of things on the internet. <laughs> it just persists. Anyway, so, yeah. So, if you look at the credits uh, at the end, they credit uh, U571, Down Periscope, and the enemy below for their footage. I presume Down Periscope is the footage of the U.S. Swordfish. Uh, probably mm-hmm. U571 is the footage of the U- U-boat as it as it goes around. And then enemy below is the footage of the ship that attacked uh, and, and does like the- <sighs> They should stuff. have used much- that was, you could clearly More tell it was from like the 50s footage. or whatever. Yeah, really yeah. old footage. And I, as I said, I swear to God, you could see Kelsey Grammer in one of the shots. Um, so that seems like a true fact. It's crazy. Uh, let's see. It was uh, originally released uh, through Artisan Entertainment under the title U-Boat. And you do see some places that call it U-Boat. Um, just the title U-Boat. Now, <clears throat> it then said, a film with the same title had been recently released, so they changed it to In Enemy Hands. There is no evidence that such a film was released. There is no film released under the name U-Boat. So I'm not sure what they're talking about. Are they talking about U-571, which was like four years earlier? I don't even know. (laughs) Like, I'm not sure what that is. Anyways, uh, in the end, in enemy hands, it got little or no publicity or advertising um, once it got released um, because it ended up being purchased by Lionsgate from Artisan to be released. And that uh, lack of publicity, um, it got little attention also because it was a pile of shit. That also doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, would you want it to get a whole lot of attention? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Um, so I found this online too. So the submarine set, uh, I'm sorry, in the credits, uh, submarine set used in the film was provided by a company called 20th Century Props. Now, then I looked up 20th Century Props mm-hmm. and they went out of business in 2009 and everything that they had was on, uh, for auction. So you could see their, their uh... huge prop warehouse uh, auction. And one of the things featured in the article talking about this auction was him standing in the submarine set and that was for sale. No uh, way. We could have gotten that set. Do you know how much it I'm went actually, for? No idea. They didn't. They didn't oh, have shoot. a follow up article saying how much it, how much it actually ended up going for. All right. So here we go into the one of the the end the last fact. So Scott Kahn of Hawaii Five O fame for all those Hawaii Five O heads out there. Uh, he's he's the son of James Kahn, who we saw in Submarine X One. Now there are many famous actors who are also children of other famous actors. Ooh. So where do you think these other actors may fit in? First up, Jeff Bridges, son of Bo Bridges. That's his son. Yeah, Bo Bridges. I yeah. thought they were brothers. Uh, no, his his his. Uh, what's his brother's name? 
Isn't it something else? I thought it was Bo Bridges. Or maybe I'm saying the brother's name when it's actually should be someone else. I don't know. I may be screwing this up. Okay. But his dad was also a famous actor. He was like the main character of that spoof film mafia. Okay. Um. So Jeff Bridges? Oh, Lloyd Bridges. Sorry. Lloyd Bridges. That's the dad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man. Yeah, no. Bo Bridges is his brother. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges. I'd have to go Chief of Boat, William H. Macy. I think so also. I think that's correct for this film. The other possibility is that he would play the German captain. I thought about uh, that as well. Yeah. You just don't like, do you not like him being a bad guy, being the Nazi? Yeah, I just, I don't see him being a German, but I mean, this movie was already kind of far-fetched, so I, <laughs> yeah, that'd probably be the least of my worries. I'd, I'd like him better as chief of boat. Okay. What about Charlie Sheen slash Emilio Estevez? Ooh. Both of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Emilio would obviously be the captain. Yes. And I'd like to see Charlie Sheen as the Nazi captain. Uh, I was going to say, it would be funny to have them be the opposite sides yeah. of the same coin, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Brom? Uh, or have them both be on the same side. They could be our chief of boat and captain. Uh, or they could be, I guess, on both on the opposite side and be the That's captain. That's the more, yeah. The captain the Nazi and captain the first captain watch. And the XO or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That could be good. What about Angelina Jolie, daughter of John Voigt? Now, John Voigt would definitely be the Nazi captain because he loves playing Germans in films. He plays so many Germans. Yeah. All the time. Uh, <laughs> He's also a weirdo, so. So the only female role we have, which will call me sexist if I say it. Oh, I, I will. Yeah. Uh, so I'll put Angelina Jolie. As Heinrich, yeah. Oh, Heinrich? No way. I was gonna say I was gonna say one of the German, like a German captain. Put a, put an eye patch on her. Yeah, kind of like I think that's Sky Captain. Like, boop. She becomes like that Tom Cruise movie. He's got that eye patch. <clears throat> yeah, and he doesn't speak in any German accent whatsoever. No he need. Just, he just talks like Tom Cruise. Yeah, <laughs> Valkyrie. I really like that movie. I haven't seen it. I just remember when it came out. I was like, this is an odd Christmas movie. <laughs> It's a it's another beer and wings film. Again, it's not going to win any awards, but it was very watchable. And again, similar pre- premise. It showed some of the good good Germans uh, trying to kill Hitler. Interesting. What about uh, Jaden Smith, son of Will Smith? Ooh, <laughs> mm, mm. the cap uh, Captain Scott Kahn. I don't know. I think I, I was, feel like that radio guy or like <laughs> the young guy who was like uh, from Lost piloting the ship at some point or piloting the boat at some point. Those kind of guys, kind of the younger guy, kind of can be a little hero. Oh, too. was he from hero. Lost? Yeah, yeah, Ian Summerhold. Oh, that guy looks super familiar. That's got to be where yeah. I knew him from. He's a terrible actor. I yeah, put guy, him guys, there. Guys, yeah. look at Sam Huntington real quick if you're on the IMDb page. That's Mimi Siku. He was the radio guy. He's one of the survivors of of the movie. He lived till the end. <laughs> All right, I'm looking him up. I, okay. I am not on that. Page. And then okay. <laughs> last one, Ed Harris, who is the son of a famous. Um, you know, person, I guess, because he was spawned from a tree fertilized by the seed of a bull who in reality was Zeus in disguise. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I'd want Ed Harris to live forever. Yes. So he couldn't be Scott Kahn. No. He'd be a much better version of William H. Macy's character. I think so. In reality. It's tough to make him chief of boat just because they, they imply in a bunch of these films, like, being captain is like all this responsibility. Oftentimes, the chief of boats like, it's just not for me, but you have to make this decision kind of stuff. Like, it seems like it's one of those things where the older guys who aren't like the leaders going to be the captain end up in the chief of boat thing, which that's not Ed Harris. Ed Harris is like, 
ripping his shirt off. He maybe falls into a puddle of oil that's sitting around. He's not sure where it came from or whatever. Glistening. Oh yeah, for sure. Like 100% glistening. Um, and you know, just a badass all around and then he's chief of boat. Kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, I think in this one, it makes the most sense. But, you know, this captain, Scott Kahn, was supposed to learn something from the chief of boat, so maybe it would have made more sense. He'd be like, dude, if you're going to be a captain, check out these abs. He's, and then it's just like a 30-minute, like, montage of them doing crunches. Yeah. It's also, <laughs> they take like two minutes to go through all of his abs. It's just like a, it's like a 12-pack, so you got all the way down one by one for like a minute on each. Uh, so, did you get did you get that character, that actor up? Or yeah, did that work? I looked at him. Who was he? Which one was he? Anyways, I'll go into. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's the that's isn't that uh, Jimmy Olsen? I this feel guy. Like he, I think he played. The he, only photos of him on IMDb are you know him as the the guy. From oh Jungle no, no, Jungle. no! I know, I know who it is now. Yeah, never mind, never mind. All right, so <clears throat> let's get into the Phantom Zone real quick. It'll be a quick one. Yep. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. So I used this one a long time ago, obviously, for Dom Periscope. It was many, many moons ago. Um, to be young and naive again, as I thought back on it, I presume this would just be a lark happening for just a few weeks before you all lost interest. Uh, unbeknownst to me, it would become my life and my <laughs> obsession. It is. And so, my death, question mark. <laughs> um, so Thomas Kuchman uh, was also in U571. He was the XO. He was the German uh, second in command. Okay. Um, and he was also in U571. Was he the captain in that? Uh, yes, I Maybe think Maybe so. that's why I looked at him. I thought, oh, that's the captain. I think that's first. right, yeah. And then Bill Paxton was also in U571, and he was in Navy SEALs, which also starred Charlie Sheen, which we were just talking about. Ooh. That's strange. Uh, but that also featured Michael Bean, who was in The Abyss. Easy, breezy, beautiful. Yeah. Cover girl. Not a sponsor. Ed Harris. Wow. Yeah. Done. It just gets easier I'm and easier done. for you every week. Uh, it does, because I keep on finding new and interesting ways to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that one, too, because, uh, yeah, Thomas, you pronounced it Keshman? Keshman? I think it's Krish- Krishman or something. Kreshman? I would have said Kreshman. Kreshman. Re- regardless, I, I looked him up because he did look super familiar. I saw he was in U571. A lot of these people uh, I recognize from something or other, like Clark Gregg was um, in the Avengers, all the Marvel comic universe movies as Agent Coulson, the XO. Hmm. Right, yeah. He was the guy who died. Meningitis. Yes. Yeah, Lauren Hawley, of course, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, <laughs> down Periscope. All right. It's, it's sub, 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 world, 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 wide, wide, wide. In this movie, we had a U-boat, which is a German submarine. So I wanted to go with another German submarine. But we've already done a lot of the U-boats and we stuff, have, so yeah. I was like, okay, let's go ahead and do something kind of new. So, oh. the German Dolphin class. That's a lame name. They yeah. should come up with something better. So, they've got a Dolphin 1 and a Dolphin 2. Cool. That's really holds up to the Seawolf slash Vampire. Yeah. Slash the Slayer of Enemies. And the Dreadnought. Yeah. The Dolphin. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, these are subs built by Germany for export. So- they oh, actually made that, these. That's why. Yeah. Like, we're not even going to use these. Call them a dolphin. What Get about? them out of here. And they sold them to Israel. So hmm. these are the Dolphin 2, which is the newer one. I think that might go without saying, uh, is the largest submarine built by Germany since World War II. Hmm. 
and these are also the most expensive vehicles in the Israeli Defense Force. So the length of these things, Dolphin 1, 188 feet. That ain't nothing. Dolphin 2, 222, 225 feet. That ain't shit. Why can't I read Are you sure that's not in meters? Yeah, that would be- that's You said s- feet. They seem tiny. Well, you'll see. Yeah, I know. They're not, they're not that big. Yeah. Um, so it also, to me, when I was reading this, I was like, really? That's the biggest one since World War II? Mm. Uh, but they're diesel electric and generate 4,243 horsepower. For the speed, the Dolphin 1 can cruise at 20 knots. Dolphin 2, 25. Test depth, 1,150 feet. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think that's what you, you probably get that maybe a little bit better with the smaller submarines. I don't know if there's any truth to that or not or if I'm just making that up. Probably just making it up. Probably am. They can hold 45 people. They also have six 21-inch torpedo tubes and four 26-inch torpedo tubes. Mm. They can carry a combination of 16 torpedoes or and uh, submarine-launched cruise missiles with a range of 930 miles capable of carrying a nuclear warhead. Ooh. So they have a second strike capability from offshore. There are three of these. Three Dolphin 1 classes in operation and two Dolphin 2s currently and one that should launch this year. Hmm. Did you get a price tag on that guy? I no. was able to look it up. Uh, <laughs> Dolphin is not kosher, so I'm surprised they were able oh, to sell those to Israel. Interesting. That is weird. It's made of dolphins, right? It is. That's yeah. that's why I can dive so deep is oh. it's made of actual dolphin. Interesting. Yes. So I Has do want to... Has anyone Sorry, told Israel that? No. No, you should write a letter. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Write in. Um, just do care of Israel and put it into post office. It should make it, <laughs> I think. Um, so I did want to update uh, the listeners. Um, that character was Jimmy Olsen in the Superman films. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> I was right. No do you have an update for the listeners on your Wikipedia adventures? I do. I resubmitted my Wikipedia page after getting denied my first time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I updated it, added some references, you know, sp- spruced it up a little bit. I'm hoping to get stub status or start status. I'm not really Ooh. sure which one. And uh, I also would like to say that Patrick, who updates Wikipedia more than I do, because he does a lot of database creation uh, mm-hmm. on these films. And so he will add in Wikipedia links and Rotten Tomatoes links all the time to different pages if they don't have them. Uh, so as he calls it, he has a lot of uh, Wikipedia nail care. He's got like, uh, he's taking care of his nails, um, where he will get like a lot of points for having added these things over time. So he's a little higher ranked on Wikipedia since I just appeared out of nowhere trying to add like an entire page for Steel Sharks starring Gary Busey. Yeah. And, uh, but he added one for Baltneck, which was a film, a Ryan Reynolds or a film that Ryan Reynolds was in early in his career that was featured in some advertising for Deadpool 2. Okay. And it didn't have a Wikipedia page. And he was like, oh, that's kind of funny. So he watched it, wrote up a Wikipedia page, and it got accepted immediately. Really? Yeah. Because he's more, he has higher pers- number of points for having added all this stuff over time. So they trust him more. I didn't know you could get points in you Wikipedia. Do. Yeah, you get you get like a shitload of points for creating a page. Like I would, if mine get accepted, I think I'd get like 5,000 points or something like that. I don't even know how to... You know, put well, but like if you do, if you do like an uh, an edit on a page, yeah, you get like four points. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. Yeah. so that's a ton. So you have to do like a lot of edits to get like accumulate a lot of points. But by making a page, it's like this huge, huge big thing, because yeah. has to go through review and all kinds of stuff. And so I'm hoping to get mine accepted. I'm still waiting. It says it could take you know up to a month or something like that. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. So I'll update the listeners. If they deny it again, 
I'm probably just going to have Patrick resubmit it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's better. Just go score immediately. Yeah. All Man. right. Does anybody have any sub news? Mustard Man's not here tonight. Rom, you find anything? You you see anything on the internets? Uh, I do not. I saw um, that one. There was one that was all over the news today of a submarine out of the Woods Hole Observatory in Massachusetts where they had discovered a sunken ship off the coast of Columbia back in 2015, I think it said, mm. uh, which has been kept secret. Location is kept secret. And they just kind of announced it today um, or recently. And they used a submarine. It basically scanned the ocean floor. It had some- Robot um, submarine. Yeah, it was a robot submarine. It scanned the ocean floor. It could detect when there was like different types of features on the ocean floor. And then if it seemed to see something that was odd, it would take a picture and then send it back. So it's got a picture and- uh, there was a bunch of, you could clearly see in the picture that it sent that there were a whole bunch of cannons on the ocean floor. And so they knew they had found a shipwreck and in that shipwreck by the accounts of which ship it must be, there was like a shitload of money or gold, uh, that's supposedly on that ship. Crazy. Yeah. And then Woods Hole Observatory was like, we're not treasure hunters. We don't care anything about that treasure. Spain and Colombia have to deal, uh, have to duke this out. So they're leaving it up to those two countries on who gets all that gold. Really? Yep. Dang, you think they might, you know, take a cut or something and use it to fund more projects, but- Yeah, so a $17 billion treasure. Oh, man. Yeah. And they were like, no thanks. No wonder they kept that a secret. Yeah. Because <laughs> people be all over that. It was 2,000 feet down, so it is kind of hard to get to, but- I'd think so. Do you think you could die that far? Well, <laughs> Probably, if I had right? the if I had the pleurofluorocarbon from the abyss, I, oh, could, I could do anything. That's true. That's actually true. Yeah. yeah. Valid point. Um, and yes, so the answer is yes, you could get it. <laughs> yes. Hey, this All is right. some spooky news. Uh, looks like Russia tested yesterday some uh, rapid fire nuclear ballistic missile fire, test fire from a submarine. Did you see the video? No. Oh, it is crazy looking. Did you guys already mention that? I don't know. I mean, no. I hadn't heard about it. No, no we haven't. Okay. It's, uh, you know, it's on the Twitter page. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. That's that's kind of spooky, though. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, the video is pretty cool. They were firing at, I want to say, targets somewhere in the Kamchatka Peninsula. And I was like, oh, man, I hope it's like, you know, remember that horrible vodka we used to get, Kamchatka? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I was like, maybe they're blowing up that factory. But then I was like, oh, that stuff's made in Kentucky. It was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why are you doing this to us? Authentic uh, Kentucky Russian vodka. Yes. The only kind I know. All right, Brom. You got a countdown for us? Absolutely. Tube three ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. All right. So this week we watched a film that starred. Scott Kahn. Scott Kahn of Hawaii Five-0 fame. Never forget. The legendary Scott Kahn. So what I wanted to do this week is I wanted to take a look at the top five cons of all time. Wow. Ooh. All right. So starting with number five, we're going to lead off with Kublai Khan, the fifth Khan of the Mongol Empire and founder of the Yuan Dynasty. 
His rule was, was remembered as a period of unrest within the empire, but he still managed to become the first outsider ever to conquer all of China in 1279. Since I'm, I'm going to find interesting. Now I'm sitting here thinking like, did Genghis make the cut or did you put Kublai above well, Genghis? You're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to listen. I'm gonna I was thinking, you know, like, con, I don't, you know, like a trick. So it's like, oh, well, well like, oh, we don't yeah, know. We don't know. There's something we, coming up. You might have to wait. And he could be part of the list. I'm just in my mind. Like I was sitting here and when you said Kubla, I was like, really Kubla? I would have thought Genghis. Genghis has like one of the worst movies of all time was about Genghis Khan. Like, well, like we'll see. The Conqueror. Like, like he has like, he's like legitimately within culture. Kubla, I feel like is a little lesser known than Genghis, right? Or am I wrong? Am I, is my... Tw- thinking all twisted around. I, like I said, you're just going to have to listen, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> got me chomping at the bit, champing at the bit for this. Uh, number four, we've got James Caan. Of course. Legendary American actor known for such hits as Submarine X-1 and Undercover Grandpa. Yeah, those are the two most famous ones he's been in, probably. Caan <laughs> uh, has been nominated. Khan has been nominated for an Academy Award, and that was uh, Corleone and The Godfather. He was and, very good in that. Surprisingly yeah. so, since his son and him in Submarine X-1 seem to be a piece of cardboard. They yes. prop up in a scene and say, <laughs> mumble some lines, and you seem to be, you're okay. He's like, okay, fine. He resides in Beverly Hills at the ripe young age of 78, and is the father of the wickedly talented Scott Khan. He is. That's one Number way to th- put it. He's great in Entourage. <laughs> Number three, we've got the Consenting Adult Action Network. And to quote Wikipedia, the Consenting Adult Action Network, abbreviated CON, is a grassroots network of individuals in the United Kingdom that was formed in 2008 to protest and oppose laws restricting activities between consenting adults. Most notably, oh the criminalization of possession of extreme pornography. So. <laughs> extreme. Um, so. I do want to just jump in here real quick and say that the views of Brom do not reflect the views of this podcast <laughs> as a whole, nor other co-hosts on the podcast. Uh, Did your brother just, watch that? The con? <laughs> no, and just to be clear, like I support this one you're talking about. It's the whole Genghis versus Kublai Khan thing. That I want to, that's what I'm protesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> it does not reflect my views. <laughs> Genghis over Kubla all day. You don't Relax, even know he's, Jamie, he's on here yet. Relax. <laughs> Number two, Genghis Khan, born Tim Eugen. Genghis, or also pronounced Genghis, was oh, the. Oh, here's my guy. Was the founder of the Mongolian Empire. This infamously brutal warlord was the spark that would ignite into the largest contiguous empire ever. I knew it. Uh, I did have some, uh, I didn't write them down, but I, you were starting to talk about Khan uh, as like a trick or a ploy. Yeah. Uh, that would be a good honorable mention. I thought about putting like the, the first Ponzi scheme on here with the Ponzi, the namesake of it and all that. Yeah. Um, I thought about Khan from Star Trek, but uh, ultimately That's number good. one, I went with uh, someone even more influential than Jingus. Uh, uh, we've got a person who captivated the entire world. With hits like I'm Every Woman, Ain't Nobody, and Tell Me Something Good, number one is Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Even better than Genghis, for sure. Yes. For sure. Yeah, as you said, United the World. Genghis could only right. got like a, a large portion of the world. Shaka yeah, got she, everyone. She's every woman. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> 100%. Even people on Antarctica were probably listening to her, yeah, her stuff. They got to. Yeah. Rocking like, out. It- 
Ladies and gentlemen, that is my top five cons of all time. Yeah, I am surprised you didn't do like, uh, uh, you know, one of those big Ponzi schemes or whatever, Madoff or whatever, as like one of them. That was pretty big. It like it took down the Mets, <laughs> kind of <laughs> like a professional sports team, almost like it's nuts. <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> well, we'll have to try again before we uh, before we do our next movie that has a con in it, and then uh, maybe they'll make that list. Ooh, or it's just—I mean, this podcast is a giant Ponzi scheme, right? Yeah, <laughs> everybody, <laughs> continue sending your money, please. Yes, yeah. So you know, once you get ten people to listen to this, they have to each get ten people to to listen to the podcast as well. Yes. And then you get more listens and more money because they pay you. Right. So they have to listen oh, to your call, podcast what we call and our podcast. Sub-dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Self-sustaining economy. Yes. Yes. Submersion. All right. Before we close it down here. And now it's time for a letter from listeners like you. So, this one, there's only three of us tonight, so we kind of get to decide. We don't even have an official name yet. But, it says, hey, Submersionites, what is the name of your submarine? You talk about cruising around the Great Lakes in it, but I don't recall if you've ever mentioned its surely wondrous name. Um, I mean, we have not. This is This is all... You know, kind of spur of the moment. Yes. Kind of get to the side. Very candid. I mean, I do think uh, it has to start with the USS. Yes. I think that only makes sense. I've got one I really enjoy. It's from a Rush Hour movie. Ooh. Uh, it's the USS Minnow Johnson. Minnow Johnson? Yes. I kind of like that because it's a little bit of a dick joke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I kind of like it. <laughs> Brom, do you have one? I, I do not, actually. Uh, hop on my dinghy, USS Hop on my dinghy. Yeah, Brown, you're like a pro boat namer. <laughs> yeah, I'd have and to anyways, think that about one, it. I, that I just one can't. would be classy. I just can't uh, come I do, up with something. Minnow Johnson is good. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, that's that's got a lot of layers to it that I enjoy. Like it kind of is talking about like a small dick. I don't know if people got that. Just to like be super clear for our listeners, mm-hmm. like Minnow Johnson, the joke is that it's like a tiny penis. Yes. And so I like that because I t- often talk, I mean, the listeners also might not have noticed, but I actually talk about penises quite a bit. Um, it may have kind of gotten over their heads a little bit, but I yeah. I talk about like penises. You a, try a to bunch. slip them in there, you know, uh, right. real subtly. Yeah. And Guys, this I kind of, one. what's that? I got one. USS wet floater. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, we're a submarine, so hopefully we're not floating too much. Uh I I enjoy it for uh, the <laughs> gross out humor as I <laughs> do enjoy, but I don't enjoy it because it doesn't have anything to do with penises. So I guess we're going to have to think about this. We will have to. And update our listeners on it next episode. Yeah. Can I spring a listener question on you? I have a, I have a yes. legit one this week. For Let's sure. For sure. This might catch you off guard, but you know, if you need to take time to maybe give an answer next week, that would be acceptable as well. But from Tyler from Ohio, we have a question here. It says, I am an avid submarine enthusiast, but have trouble discussing submarines with my friends and getting them into the hobby. What do you think is the best way to bring up submarines at cocktail parties? I mean, this is an interesting question because I, I encounter this all the time. First of all, I walk up to people and say, 
um, let's talk about submarines. Like I kind of opened the conversation that way. Like let's yeah. talk about submarines. And, and like, what? What are you? T- <clears throat> what are you talking about? I'm not ready to talk about that. And I say I'm talking <laughs> about the rest of your life. That's what I'm talking about. And then I uh, take out my projector, which I bring with me, and I start the slideshow. Mm-hmm. And that's an important point. So you should always have a 50 to 70 slide slideshow available, kind of uh, detailing the finer points of submarines. Um, you should have at least three different types of submarines you highlight. So I would suggest Balao, Seawolf, Los Angeles maybe. But if you wanted to go more worldly, mm-hmm. you could throw in um, maybe uh, at a cooler class, like Attack of the Submarine. Yeah, typhoons are also very huge. Yeah, yeah. so do a ty- typhoon maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then also kind of go through a detailed synopsis, um, probably 30, to, 30 minutes to an hour of your favorite submarine film. Um, and then also a 30 to 100 minute synopsis. <laughs> Of uh, Stinger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just and, to kind of give them both sides of what it is. But you also need to make sure that while you're talking to them, you kind of back them into a corner. Oh, for sure. Yeah, where yeah. they don't have an escape route. Yeah, you gotta, and you kind of, you want to isolate them. Yeah, you want to do op- the rest of the room. Yeah, we call it the Operation Petticoat um, scenario where you really push someone into the corner mm-hmm. and then you force them to do something they don't want to do which is talk about submarines for a while yeah and then they end up getting stockholm syndrome and marrying you and and that's a metaphor for marrying submarines exactly yeah uh. <laughs> so i mean it's really uh i mean it's a five to six hour process but it's well worth it but what cocktail party <laughs> isn't that long right, yeah and then once you once you get that once you've got that one person now it's I mean as we've said this is a Ponzi scheme so now when you go to the next next cocktail uh, uh, party you have uh, two people doing this and yes. eventually the whole cocktail party is just people talking submarines to each other yeah it's great after several years yeah it's awesome it is guys, it's a good thing. guys I just thought of this try this on for size so you're at a cocktail party you want to go introduce yourself to a beautiful lady you mm-hmm. walk over you say. You know what my favorite part of K-19, The Widowmaker, is? The part where they broke the ice. My name's Ben. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh! I would suggest one thing I is- I that a lot. Even though you may be tempted from watching all your submarine films of seeing the captain, who's a very confident person, right? Pull his dick out to kind of show authority. Mm-hmm. Um, I would suggest not doing that at a cocktail party. <laughs> um, why not? I'm Well- Because you're asserting your own authority, saying, hey, I'm here- if we were on my boat, Kyle, I would be doing this. Yeah, Kyle, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I, I don't set society's rules. And I'm telling you, outside of our world that we've built inside this podcast studio where we now live and sleep and, and don't leave most of the time. Right. They actually frown upon that. Really? Yeah. Is yes. that true, Ben? You're what um, we now refer to as a like a, a day seer. You get, that, you get out and you see the light. Uh, we don't get that here. You really? see other people. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I've never heard of this terminology. Well, that's what you are. Um, and so is it true that they frown upon you pulling out your dick at random times nowadays? Uh, I've never been called out on it. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Can't get enough of us? Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, please go ahead and give us a rating. 